Listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So say hello, but don't wave goodbye just yet because on the turntable this week, we've got non stop erotic cabaret by Soft Cell. And I'm just going to say this once Ruddy Hell, it's Soft Cell. Yes. Oh, did you come up with that all by yourself? No. Oh. And you know I didn't. Oh. Do you know, did you get the reference? No, I don't know who that's from. Is it, it sounds like an Alan Partridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it just sounds like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's your delivery or... Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I must have said that wrong. <laughs> so we continue our voyage through synth pop from the 80s right up to date. Uh, and we've had Pet Shop Boys, obviously. Depeche mm. Mode, obviously. Yep. New Order. Obviously. Obviously. Duran Duran. Obviously. Erasure. Obviously. Aha, uh-huh, to a limp to an extent. Obviously ish. Yeah. Uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Alan Partridge again. Uh, anything else? Uh, amongst others. Amongst others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was only a matter of time before we started talking about Soft Cell. Yeah, it's one of those albums, one of those bands that's been on the long list for a long time. And this is the right time because this album turns 40 this week. And I think what's great about that is you mentioned earlier on Depeche Mode, Duran Duran and Human League. uh, And we celebrated albums from those three that turned 40 this year as well. So 1981, what a year for synth pop. So Soft Cell, uh, you might be wondering who on earth they are. So let me tell you right now, synth pop duo. Dan, where are they from? They met at Leeds Polytechnic Uni. Uh, of course, you didn't go to Leeds Polytechnic. I went to Manchester Metropolitan. Which yeah. wasn't in Manchester. No. So Soft Cell have been around from the late 70s, on and off, right up to the present day. Mostly prominent up until 1984. But they have a new album coming out, Dan, next year. They do, yes. Uh, it's called Happiness Not Included. And the first two tracks have been released from it. Fantastic. I'm a big fan of both of those. And, you know, if we're lucky, wouldn't it be great to chat to them about it? I would love to speak to Mark Almond about the new album. Mm. Because he is one of the members of Soft Cell. Yes, he is. Uh, Who else? Alongside David Ball. Uh, And they have had a string of hits over the years. And uh, you'll probably know some of them. And we'll probably discuss some of them on today's episode. I'd hope so. Otherwise, we're not really doing our job. Uh, we are talking about non-stop erotic cabaret. And Dan, I've got another question for you. Mm-hmm. On a night out, yes. would you prefer... Uh, and don't read anything to me asking this question. Right. Non-stop erotic cabaret or non-stop ecstatic dancing? Now, sorry to be that person, but is there any chance I can have non-stop erotic dancing? <laughs> Not from you, you specifically, <laughs> to be quite clear. Not right now. I've just had dinner. <laughs> sits, quite, sits quite heavy. You were... 
shoveling those fajitas down. I don't want to see them again. Uh, and actually, listen, we did just have a share. We did share a meal together before we recorded this evening. Business. Uh, business and, meal. Yeah, and we did talk a bit of business, and we did catch up as well because we are actually friends. Mm. Sometimes, most for the most part. Yeah. And we had uh, fajitas, and they were absolutely delicious. But Dan, you were rolling yours like you were rolling a joint. Well, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm all fingers and thumbs, aren't I? They were all over there, but my bottom was open, so it was going everywhere, <laughs> all over the floor. And I'm guessing when you did used to indulge in whatever mm. that was being smoked, other people would do it for you. I yeah, even if I was um, on a night out and trying to crash a ciggy. Uh, and if someone only had rollies and you know they give you the the pouch and the papers, I'd have to say no, 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 I can't roll them. And what was your favourite uh, rolling tobacco? Oh, loose uh, tobacco. I, I I don't really know the name to be honest because I wasn't much of a, a rolly guy. Do you have a favourite? Well, not. Uh, well, I suppose that you know you've got the uh, amber leaf, yeah, and all the others. But in terms of consistency, I you know you can't beat a rough shag. <laughs> So we are talking about Non-Stop Erotic Cabaret, the debut album from Soft Cell. And this was released on the 27th of November, 1981. So this is 10 glorious t- tracks, the first 10 tracks we ever heard from Soft Cell. Well, there was an EP before, but... Well, oh, uh, Dan, you always have to... You just can't let me finish it, do you? Because I know you'd rather hear it from me than the listeners. Because <laughs> we really, really don't like it when the listeners pull us up on something. <laughs> really don't like that. Uh, and Dan, why are we talking about the debut album today? Well, I believe, Will, it was released 40 years ago this very week. So lots to talk about. Uh, further listening, as ever, all coming up on your Tuesday, track by track. Let's get stuck in. So side one, track one, this is Frustration. off with frustration there and i love the start of that track it feels very urgent doesn't it yeah frantic as well frustrate frustrating it does feel frustrating it does capture the mood of frustration because it's quite erratic it's quite loud it's quite in your face and i think we do put this band soft cell in the synth pop category but actually just from the off you can tell there's something different about what they're doing here it feels a little bit more punk feels a little bit more art rock feels just a bit more rebellious than what Duran Duran and the like were doing at the time yeah it is like two fingers isn't it to the, to a lot of pop music and I don't mean a Kit Kat no well, you prefer four fingers absolutely anyway. or one chunky one actually four chunky ones mm. oh you're so greedy honestly nothing is ever enough thank you uh now dan please tell us what the what the detail is behind the production please so the tracks on here all bar one are nothing to do with the pub chain uh are written by the band mark armand and david ball 
Uh, production comes from Mike Thorne. Uh, Mike Thorne has also worked with the likes of Bronski Beat uh, and The Who's Roger Daltrey. And I love how raw it is because you can hear everything that's going on in this. Uh, the synths, the drum machines, uh, the, obviously the vocals. Uh, but I've, let me just get this right down because I want it to be... So apparently this was recorded using a Roland drum machine, mm. a Korg SB100 synth bass, and a Ned Sync Clavier, and a Revox tape recorder. Uh, and a lot of that was borrowed from other people. So it really was a bit of a hodgepodge to begin with. Not that you know it listening to this track. I think you definitely wouldn't call it hodgepodge um, or anything like that. But it definitely, for, for everything we said before, a more punk art rock kind of thing. It definitely feels um, raw. That's probably a good way to describe it, like you said before. And it definitely, this this track just intrigues you, doesn't it? From the vocal delivery to the music, the fantastic sax, of course, which comes from Dave Tufani, who also worked with George Michael and Shaka Khan. Um, but I feel like it definitely draws you in as an album opener. It is intriguing because it is like nothing you've heard before. I can imagine back in, back in the day, back in 1981, you're listening to this and it's blowing your tiny mind. Me specifically, my tiny well, mind. Well, no, just one in general. I wasn't around. And I, and I genuinely did have a tiny mind in 1981 because I was a baby. Oh, of course you were, yeah. Born in 80. No, born in 80. Yes. 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 But yeah, I just love this time for music. I, I, obviously, you know, I've said many times in this podcast, the 80s is my favourite era of music. And I think it is 81. Just that turn of the decade uh, going from uh, glam rock, uh, and everything that came from the 70s into this more electronic sound. Uh, and definitely Mark Almond, as a performer and as a songwriter and as a vocalist, he's definitely uh, influenced by that kind of glam rock thing. He's a huge David Bowie fan. fan. Uh, Halloween fan, but normally a fan. <laughs> and I actually I saw him perform, uh, it was a David Bowie, ooh, I forgot what it was called, Hol Holy Moly or Moly Moly or Holy Holy Holy, I think it was. They were performing uh, old David Berry tracks with a, a band of uh, kind of a who's who of people who worked with him before, people inspired by him. And Mark Armand was on stage singing with them. And he sounded great. Good. But also what's great about this one is, of course, if uh, the next track, the one we all, everyone around the world knows this song, it's got its own sound. It sounds like the early 80s. But then when you went on to buy the album, you had this track, which is very different. I bet. It's quite shocking for some. Track two now, big one. Here we go. Tainted Love. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart of me. The love we share seems to go nowhere. So, Tainted Love there. This was not the band's debut single proper because there was the EP uh, and some tracks that came before that didn't hit the charts, but this was the lead single from their debut album and what a huge hit it was. It was huge. Number one in the UK, top 30 in the US, 
and charting all over the world, actually. Uh, and this is an iconic song of pop music from the 80s, isn't it? And it just really struck a chord with young people at the time. And I think a lot of the times, anything that speaks to marginalised, ignored, underrepresented groups is something that then goes on to have real cult and then mainstream success, which I think is definitely the case here. Mm, absolutely. I think when you think about 80s hits, certainly early 80s hits, but no, just actually throughout the whole decade, this is one of those songs that stands out, doesn't it? Like mm. uh, with Depeche Mode, as we did, just can't get enough. Like with Human League, Don't You Want Me? Like with Duran Duran, Girls on Film. It's just one of those songs that just defined our whole decade. But I think what's more impressive with this one is that actually, of course, it was a cover version, but not to sound too Louis Walsh, but they really did make it their own, didn't they? I mean, the, the co- their cover of this song far surpassed the original. And who'd sung the original, Dan? That was Gloria Jones, uh, and it was released in 1964. And sounded very different. Yeah, obviously more of a uh, soul uh, Motown sort of sound. I, I do like her version, to be honest, but I, I just because of everything we love about electronic music and synth music, electronic drums, uh, this is just, uh, it's, it's iconic in that world, isn't it? And I think also it, this song really speaks to the gay community. Yeah. Uh, just like you did uh, by accident that night when you were, we were at Heaven and you thought you were going to the toilet and then you ended up on stage in front of that microphone. And it was Porn Idol as well. <laughs> So before you knew it, Jeremy Joseph had whipped your trousers off. Yeah, Kim Woodburn was judging my tackle. Uh, and I thought she was harsh, but I think the audience sided with her. I have to say it's much colder on the stage than it is in the crowd. Just going to put that out there. Uh, well, you did discover that when they chucked you into the crowd, didn't you? <laughs> uh, you thought it was crowd surfing, but... Apparently you meant to be laying on your back when you're going through the crowd crowd surfing. I was laying forward, so... Uh... The tide went out. <laughs> So, Will, we've said this was a single, the lead single from the album. This was released in July 1981. It entered the charts at number 62. At the time, Shaken Stevens was at number one with Green Door. We've talked a lot about Shaken Stevens this year without actually doing a Shaken Stevens album, haven't we? At the time, Duran Duran were climbing up the charts. They were at number 29 with Girls on Film and Depeche Mode were at number 12 with New Life. But then six weeks after that, this track got to number one and was there for two weeks, knocking off... Uh, Anika's Japanese boy and holding off Adam and the Ants Prince Charming. God, they were busy, weren't they? (laughs) And we do like a grower, not a shower. We do, yes. And, you know, just in case you haven't listened to any of the episodes uh, that we have done this year based in 1981, do go back and listen to them, but also the charts at this time, just the movement in the charts was so exciting, wasn't it? There was more movement than... uh... (laughs) No, just too much this episode. <laughs> Mark Harmon will be clutching his pearls. Uh, we obviously must mention the uh, Marilyn Manson version, which is the cover of Soft Cell's cover, because it used the arrangement or based on the arrangement from Soft Cell. Uh, and that was quite a big hit, but I did, did absolutely nothing for me. Also, Will, this was a Guinness World Record holder. Um, it had the longest consecutive stay on the US Billboard Hot 100. It was there for 43 weeks. But also, and I, this is kind of a not a very nice fact to share, 
this was the best-selling single of 1981 until this year, the official charts company recalculated it and it turned out that Don't You Want Me by The Human League was. Now, oh, they shouldn't have said anything. Rob. They sh- Rob. Rob. That's pretty why he's off, actually. Good luck. Rob's boob. But still, uh, I mean, whether we go with the original placing or, or the new one, I, I think the original is probably best. Still an incredible feat for the band. Uh, also, Dan, do you know how many streams this has on Spotify? Goodness me. Because just to show you how huge this track is. Oh, about 374? 406 million. Oh. <laughs> at time of recording. I mean, that is huge. But it is, you know, as soon as someone's putting a playlist together for a party and you want a bit of old and a bit of new. This has to be on there, doesn't it? Yeah. It just has to be on there. It's we a timeless all, track. We all enjoy a bit of Tainted Love. Mm. But, alas, we have to move on. We do. And Dan, track three is what your mother found underneath your bed. The other week, actually, when she was finally chucking away some of your childhood stuff. Childhood? <laughs> CD films. Sleazy city, sleepy people Down in your alleys Seems that anything goes Blue films flicker Hands of a stranger Getting to know you And I'm getting to like you called dvds they're films on a cd 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 as in uh as in like grass seed oh right oh oh now this track is i mean it does sound seedy the way it starts it does sound like uh well you told me this it does sound like uh music they would use in old pornos well yes actually yes uh but also the end of it as well with the saxophone. Of course, saxophone very, uh, very often used in racy, saucy scenes. Well, I'd apparently, have to, have to take your word for that, mm. Dan. I'm not familiar. Although, as a young lad, you'd, you know, you'd probably watch it with the volume turned down and so your parents couldn't hear. On fast forward, <laughs> it's not slow motion. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the track, even when you take the lyrics out, it does sound seedy and completely different to the first two tracks. Uh, it's a lot more stripped as well. Yeah, I love the the repetition in the music of this one. And also there's just something about the rhythm to it. The rhythm is probably meant to line up with what you might be seeing on CD films. But there's something about it that's... Um, Again, it just, I think Soft Cell have a way to just draw you into the track, but also draw you into the story. Mm. Uh, incredible characterization, incredible lyrics. This one, of course, sleazy city, seedy films, breathing so heavy, next to my neighbor, let's get acquainted, getting to know you, feeling sleazy in seedy sin city. Do you feel dirty? I do now. The way I was saying it? Well, yes, to be honest. And you were looking at me in the eye while you were saying those lines as well, actually. So uh, you're looking back and eating that, and just about to bite into a banana. So, <laughs> but once again, I think it shows that compared to their contemporaries, Soft Cell, once again, we're pushing boundaries. 
they were being much more controversial. There was much more of a kind of underground sound to them. And I think this probably, of all the tracks we've had so far, even the kind of frantic energy of frustration, this is the one where you kind of, you know, you, you might not want to put this vinyl on back in the day, put this 12-inch on in front of your grandma. Uh, well, it does, it is, I like the fact that it's a bit seedy because I think it just really adds to the whole experience of listening to this album. But I'm sure your, your nan has heard a lot worse. Well, <laughs> yeah, quite. Heard and... Uh, uh, partaken. Anyway, yeah. In an interview with Penny Black Music, uh, Dave said they were basically two young lads living in Leeds who suddenly found themselves in Soho. And, you know, this track, this as a soundtrack, if you close your eyes, you can definitely imagine the back streets and the neon lights of Soho. Or I certainly can. Maybe it's just me. Well, we have had a few nights out, haven't we, over the years? In Soho, yeah. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Track four now, and this is Youth. Youth has gone, though we're still young. It's hard, I know, to believe that I was somebody's son. The memories of what you once were, the memories of what we both were. then youth slowing down the tempo with this one but i really love the message in this it's it's weird because mark at this age mark i'm already on first name terms with him uh you know he was in his 20s but he's already singing about youth as as if it's something that's gone um we should be singing about youth well speak for yourself actually don't put words (laughs) in my mouth (laughs) And and i just find it fascinating that you know Many years later, it's worth noting as well, of course, um, Soft Cell just performed this album in full to mark 40 years. They toured the UK and, you know, he would have been singing this song live. And, you know, he's 40 years on from when he first wrote it. I wonder how he feels about about the words he wrote at the time. He sings about uh, the memories of what you once were. Youth is skin deep. Um, yeah, I just I find this one fascinating lyrically. Lyrically. Uh, but also musically, I love... Musically. Oh, I've missed that one. I feel it's almost like an electric lullaby, something like that. Oh, that's a lovely thing to say. Mm. I thought of that in the gym earlier. I had to take a note straight away. Did you? Mm. Oh, obviously we weren't working hard enough. No. <laughs> well, just sat in the cafe. A coffee and a <laughs> muffin. <laughs> what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And it really is fantastic. It is. And it's right up our street as well, actually, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Because it is neon central uh, and and it looks a bit seedy. It looks like they're stood outside a club called the Nonstop Exotic Cabaret, Erotic Cabaret, or Exotic. A few parrots flying around. (laughs) Uh, And Mark has got a long trench coat on. Talk about not trying to look too conspicuous. Uh, He does. uh, He does. Things got anything underneath that? Nah, good for him. Yeah, probably bra and knickers. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, but it's a wonderful cover. Love the lighting, love the colours, li- love the neon. Uh, and actually, I'd love to have a neon light like the Soft Cell logo on this. Yeah, I would as well. I was just thinking, actually, of course, we've got the track-by-track logo. We've got the track-by-track and light. 
we quite could... gaudy, isn't it, actually? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's quite tasteful. <laughs> I was going to say, we could recreate this cover. Oh, yes. Oh, I left my knickers in the car. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> They're seeing him in, in the that... glove box. <laughs> was that a euphemism for something? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Seeing Mark in that trench coat, that does remind me of the time when you told me that you did have your uh, your Mac on uh, and you went up to three old ladies sat on a park bench back in Bristol and you flashed them uh, and two of the old ladies actually had a stroke, but the third one couldn't quite reach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you written that down? That's my uncle's joke. Oh, dear. And your uncle does like a stroke in the park. Yeah, very ill, actually. Very ill man. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And that's no excuse. No. Uh, But the track itself, uh, you know, I really enjoy this album on balance. Uh, This is probably just my least favourite song on the album. It doesn't mean I hate it. No, that's quite often the case, I think, Mm. with album artwork time. Uh, One thing, actually, I did want to mention that I love Mark's voice on this one. It's kind of softer than some of the attack he's been giving it in other parts of the album, but also reaching higher notes as well. He is a super talented singer uh, and still very much is. And uh, track five now, and this was definitely on one of those lists they've just brought out as the kind of most wanted uh, gifts this Christmas. Sex Dwarf. <laughs> Sex Dwarf. We can make an outfit for my little sex dwarf To match the gold rolls on my dumb chauffeur We'll all look so good, we'll knock them cold Knocking them cold in black and gold We can have playtime in my little playroom Disco dollies, my sex dwarf and my dumb chauffeur So, sex dwarf there... <laughs> has this aged well well i don't as a song musically musically i think this is such an exciting track it's the energy in that is so infectious the music swirls and whirls around you there's so much going on there and then you've got mark's vocal which sort of coasts over that there's, but there's vocal effects on there there's backing vocals i think it's such a fun track to listen to it makes you want to dance as well um you know i i I think it would go down great live on the shows i'm sure it just has but some of the lyrics could you get away i just don't know i mean i mean you know you couldn't get away with that now Mm. Uh, but what do you think about the music of this one will uh it is i mean i i do like the music and i do like the track itself it really does uh complement this kind of seedy uh, approach and style to this. I mean, you you can't really get much more kind of S and M, can you? Often, when I think about this album and this track and this band, I think again, just liking it to other bands that were around at the time. I can imagine it was such an incredible moment when Simon Le Bon or uh, Fletch from Depeche Mode went back and took the first copy of the album back to his parents or grandparents. And said, "Oh, mum, listen to this. You know, we've made this record. We've got this track. Just can't get enough." Or whatever, but can you imagine being Mark or Dave and going back and saying, Oh, Grandma, I've just made this album, have a listen. You'll you love track five, Sex Dwarf. I imagine how I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. Mm. I'm sure they were very supportive. 
Oh, yeah, I expect they were. Mm. And very broad-minded. Yeah. And if they weren't, that's their choice. Nickers to them. Mm. So, track number six now, flipping over the record. This is Entertainment. So that was Entertain Me. Dan, this reminds me very specifically of quite a new song. Oh. And it's one, my brain. And it's one that hits very close to home for you. Oh. Is it one we've talked about before? On yeah. The song itself. This really reminds me of More Joy. By Duran Duran. Yeah. Featuring Chai. Yeah. Wow. What is it about it that reminds you of that? Uh, just the uh, the backing vocals and just the kind of beat to it as well. It's got that kind of emergency. No. It's got that kind of urgency going through it as well. Yeah. Do you know what? It's one. I didn't hear that at the start, but I can definitely... I can definitely hear it now. It's the, I think with more joy, Duran Duran were aiming for a more experimental, darker version of their earlier sound, weren't they? And that is what this is, effectively. And that is what soft sound, it also sounds a little bit Depeche Mode as well. Yeah. There, there are a few things on here that really remind me of that first Depeche Mode album, even though Depeche Mode took more of a electronic, clean approach to that, but both had ties with the some bizarre uh, record label. Uh, so there were, there was, uh, meeting of minds there. Meeting oh, of the really? greats. Yes. But yeah, I love this track. I love the frantic energy of it. When I saw the title, Entertain Me, I thought, it's interesting because Robbie Williams had that track, Let Me Entertain You. But here, Mark and Dave, much more demanding. They're saying, no, entertain me. Good. Good. So it should be. So you should be. And just that whole delivery. I can, I can imagine Mark on the stage back in 81 when they were first touring this album running around the stage, you know, frantic energy in the before in the sort of vocal delivery, but also the performance as well. And he really makes it playful as well. But there's the bit where he sings about singing the wrong notes or saying the wrong thing. It's it feels like he embraces the chaos. Again, that punk ethos or ethos. Ethos. Uh, embrace the chaos is a nice approach to go into listening to this album. Yeah, definitely. With. Track number seven, Dan, and this is what you had that time when you uh, bent over suggestively in the chip shop to try and lure the boys from the chip shop out from behind the counter, uh, and you knocked a patron next to you. Uh, not a patron. One of a us. A patron uh, next to you, uh, and you spilt his, uh, his dinner. Chips on my soul- shoulders. <laughs> Rob Syndrome. <laughs> Chips on my shoulder. I'll talk about famine while cooking my dinner. Don't you feel guilty? Don't you feel pity? While my head gets fatter and the starving get thinner.
chips on my shoulder there, and Mark really is having airing his grievances out in the open, isn't he? He is, yeah. Misery, complaints, self-pity, injustice. Do you know what it's like catching up with you before we start recording? Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Oh, definitely said that one wrong. <laughs> but you've got that kind of more pessimistic uh, view on things over this incredible synth work. And I think actually this, in a way, the music of this one sounds like they fast-forwarded a few years to the rest of the album, I think. It's so... It's much more sort of um, computer synth focused than the rest of it. Yeah, it's got wonderful production to it. And I love the woos and the claps as well. I wonder who the girls are wooing on there. Well, I can tell you that uh, Vicious Pink Phenomena provide backing vocals on the album. Uh, And who are they? Vicious Pink Phenomena. Are you going to elaborate? No, you're not. I don't think I need to. (laughs) I think you do. (laughs) No, I I think it's fine. I could imagine this is one of the tracks in here that could get a contemporary remix and work really well in the clubs today. It's already kind of, it's, it's just begging to be danced to this one, isn't it? Well, why don't we just dance to it? Or remix it ourselves. Oh, what a great idea. I wouldn't have a clue where to start, but what a great idea. Well, you know, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? And starting with a chip on your shoulder sounds about right for you. Thank you. Track number eight now, and Dan, this is what you were until the age of 16. Bedwetter. Bed shitter. Bed Bed sitter, sorry. Bed sitter, sorry. Bed sitter. This is one of my favourites on the album because of the story that it tells. Pray tell. Well, you know, going out in the going out to the pubs and clubs kind of feels like a bit of a clandestine underground feel, but then going home to a bedsit. Yeah, all alone. All alone, and it's that kind of day and night existence: drinking, dancing, maybe getting high. Mm, Good, fine. Uh, and, you know, you see someone over there, you make an eye, see them again later, make another eye, see them again later still. How many eyes have you got? <laughs> Three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is a great track, but I definitely understand what they mean. For me, I'm thinking more about university when you go out in the evening and you have the best night of your life. And then the next day... You then you go home and you cry and you want to die. Uh, to paraphrase another band, uh, The Smiths. Oh no! How soon is now? I there's a story about this song, Will, that I love. I don't know if you know it, but I do um, know it. Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. Yeah. This, if you didn't know, when Neil and Chris first met in 1981, um, in a record store on Kings Road, this is one of the tracks that they talked about. This is one of their favourite tracks of the time. This and Souvenir by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Of course, they met in London, but they're not from London. They're not from London, just though. Just got to be clear about yeah, that. just in case anyone was wondering. Don't write in. Um, <laughs> I uh, can understand that, because the Petra Boys probably then went on to write the most songs about 
dancing and going out and then being alone. Yeah. The stark contrast of pure joy and sheer loneliness. Yeah. But at the time, I think it spoke to maybe their lifestyle a little bit, going out, going back to their bed sit. I imagine at the time, Neil probably wasn't in a bed sit. Could already had. No, I reckon he lodged with like an older lady. Oh. Who had lots of stories to tell about uh, all the young men she knew in her past. A bit like uh, the old lady in uh, Sherlock. Oh, Mrs. Uh, I say War Mrs. Boys. Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mrs. Uh, it was Una Stubbs in the TV series that was on most recently. R.I.P. Una. Yeah, very sad. Lovely she, yeah. lady. Never met her, but lovely lady. Aunt Sally. Was she Aunt Sally? Yeah. Oh. Rosal Gummidge. Mm. I don't think she was your Aunt Sally. <laughs> First of all, because she was called Una. <laughs> That's a stage name. And this was the second single released from the album in November of 1981. It entered the charts at number 28. Number one at the time, The Police, with Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Uh, this song, Bed Sitter, was the second highest new entry. The highest new entry was Queen and David Bowie, uh, under pressure, of course. But some of those acts that we talked about before, Human League and Depeche Mode, of course, they were in the top 40. Then Bed Sitter peaked at number four in December of 81. Number one at the time, Julio Iglesias with Begin the Big Win. I, I don't know that song. Do you know that song? Um. Well, no, since I can't actually understand what you're saying, no. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm saying. Listeners, if you know, is begin the big wine, begin the uh, something, I'm not sure. But interestingly, the week this interestingly <laughs> at number four uh, is the week that Human League entered the chart at number nine with Don't You Want Me. And if you haven't heard it yet, do check out our Dare episode. Okay, track number nine now. Uh, following nicely on, actually, this is Secret Life. Love is a dirty, dirty word. You pick up the phone and you ring me when I'm at home, and then you put it down, and I'm reaching for my valium. My secret life, living life on a knife edge of life. Tell my wife, and she's just had a breakdown, and I, I'm not rich. But you know I'm top in my pitch. And so, Secret Life and the penultimate track on the album. Two fundamental things I love about this track. One, lyrically... I'm not doing that again. Oh, okay. well, please, because I've just said lyrically. it. Lyrically! Thank you. Um, just how, again, we talked about characterization before, um, really kind of painting a picture and setting a scene. This one, from the off... In your little black book, you've got the names and the favourite persuasions of the people in the headlines. I'm in there under A and I'm rated under B. You've got photographs to prove it. And I swear to God, it's not me. Just love this whole story that's built up and drags you in from the start. Uh, but then musically. Go yes. On. Go on, please. No. Oh, musically. See, if not, I'll just get it from earlier. I'll just put it in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Very different to a lot of the rest of the album, but... Actually, because it is so 60 sounding, actually lends itself a little bit to the original version of Tainted Love. Yeah, and it, that piano in there, I think it's a lovely addition at this point in the album, just to give this track an extra sort of spice to it. And I think the kind of the piano versus the synth to it does have that kind of public and secret 
sides to it. Mm. And you mentioned something very interesting about the piano at the start of the track. Yeah, it sounds a bit like the old track-by-track track theme, how it used to start. Yeah. Are you saying we ripped off Soft Cell? No, no. It just sounds a bit like it. Yes. It's more of an interpolation, I think, than a... Oh, yeah. I've been words. learning as we've been talking about things for the last three years. Just bits and bobs. You are growing. Yeah. I don't care what they say. Who's, who's saying something? No, 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 no. It's fine. Hmm. It was a compliment anyway. Oh, just the way you deliver it. It never sounds... Right, let's put the last track on. So this is Say Hello, Wave Goodbye. Take your hands off me I don't belong to you, you see Take a look at my face goodbye wave hello there and that is a lovely way to finish the album with for me one of their best absolutely yeah and this kind of gives you a little taste of kind of there's much more to them than just some brilliantly synthy seedy pop music yeah because this is it's beautiful it's harmonious it's so well sung and put together it's almost like a taste of what's what's to come i and i find this song and certainly this version of the song quite heartbreaking in a way just it there's is a, there's a real honesty in the vocal delivery and it does that thing that we've talked about a lot on track by track where when you know electronic music primarily i think we think about it as being upbeat and fun and dancey but when electronic music delivers something like this it's actually really melancholy it's just the most stunning thing. And I've got goosebumps, you know, just saying that because because of this track. Uh, and it makes me think a little bit of Yazoo. Yeah, they did that so well. Again, around this time. I've, I know, but I've got to be honest. Well, I've got to say something here that you might not like. What? The listeners might not like. I think like a lot of people, my introduction to this song was the David Gray version, which was huge uh, from his album, his uh Mammoth album, White Ladder. Go your home, go your head. <laughs> he sounds exactly like that. And so, and I didn't know it was a cover for a long time because he, like Soft Cell did with Tainted Love, he really made it his own. Um, <laughs> but he did, and his version is phenomenal. And so when I heard this version, I thought, well, no, this is an acoustic track and this is a much slower track. Uh, it took me a while to realise actually this version, the original version, just is is the superior version. But interestingly, a few weeks ago... Interestingly! Interestingly, <laughs> Mark Allman and Dave Ball took part in one of Tim's Twitter listening partners, parties. And of this track, Mark said that he's got very cruel imitations of the last note of the song, which is actually one of the greatest notes in pop music. I love how he's just owned that. Good. Good for him. And... Quite right, too, as well. Mm. He also pointed out that Aha of Alternate Version uh, and Morton Hark is one of his favourite singers, which, you know, great. F- we're in agreement there, Mark. Um, but yeah, it, it's stunning. The arrangements are stunning. I, I, I could go on, but I won't. 
That's what you said about um, our local church on Sunday when you went for Evensong. The, the arrangements range. were stunning. And when I went for Harvest Festival, actually, the way they lined up those tinned peaches, really <laughs> You thought it was stuff. like uh, one of those ones at the fun fair where you have to throw a, uh, a, sack, of a sack of shit or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so just a word before we get oh, to... Oh, th- this was a single. If you... This was just a word that this was a single. <laughs> Let me finish. Uh, <laughs> and it got to number 38 on the UK singles chart. No. Uh, <laughs> when, let me finish, when it was re-released in 1991. <laughs> and this got to number three in the UK singles chart. And rightly so, actually. Rightly so. It was released in January 82, entered at number 20. At the time, Kraftwerk were number one with the model. We need to talk about Kraftwerk. They've not done anything what? wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just would love to talk about them. And at the time, Human League, because I feel like we're following this whole trail of Human League and Duran Duran. Human League had three tracks in the top 75 at that time. Uh, Duran Duran were in there with My Own Way, so they were already moving on to their second album phase. But then this track peaked at number three on Valentine's Day. Oh... Pink Flamingo for Valentine's Day. There was also uh, an almighty remix of this song, so I would like to listen to that at some point, but not for now. Not for now. So just a word on the album performance and reception uh, on release. I mean, it was a big hit album. It was very well reviewed, apart from Enemy. Bit nasty, actually. Spiteful. Well, look what happened to them. And it got to number five in the UK album charts as well. Well done. Well done. Stunning debut. But we have got some further listening, and as was uh, common at the time, we were blessed with B-sides and other versions of tracks and the like, and these can be found um, across the deluxe edition version of the album, which was released in 2008. And Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. Thanks, Dan. So I am going to go with Fun City. So that was Fun City there. And I really love the way it starts off very subdued, very melancholic about escaping and moving and heading to a city. And then a beat kicks in and then it builds and it builds. Now, Dan, this wasn't directly recorded by Soft Cell, was it? No. So this was the B-side of Say Hello, Wave Goodbye. But this was credited to Mark and the Mambas, uh, which Mark formed in 1982 as an offshoot project. Uh, the lineup changed frequently, but it did include Matt Johnson from The The um, and Annie Hogan, who uh, Mark worked with later as well. But I agree. I think it's a really nice, more subdued take on what Mark can do. And of course, the title makes me think of... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Say no more. Don't yeah, say, say no more. more. No. Say no more. Say no more. I'm just going to throw another uh, 80s synth pop reference in here. Mm. Bronsky Beat. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jimmy Somerville. Say no more. Say no more. In fact, we'll be saying so little at some point <laughs> that it's not even worth recording no. at all because we'll just say, say no more. Say no more, yeah. But, Dan, do say something. Say something, say something. I think something. Like, who sings that? Kylie Minogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, what have you gone for? <laughs> so I have gone for another cover. This is Where Did Our Love Go? Where did I love go? Now, this originally was part of a 12-inch version Ooh. of Tainted Love, where the two songs merged together. I mean, you can really hear it, can't you? Just from musically. Musically, yes. You how that plays out. But then there is this separate version of this. I just love what they were doing to 60s songs at the, at the time. Um, and I think they have gone on to be influenced by the 60s. Um, Mark has gone on to do some incredible solo albums. Uh, actually, I was lucky enough to review one of them a few years ago. For the local paper. The Retford Trader and Guardian, which was called The Velvet Trail uh, and included a duet with Beth Ditto on there. Ah, oh, that's nice. We're, We're out, out of time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Dalek got in then. Uh, exterminate. Uh, so uh, what do you think of Soft Cell? Do let us know at Track by Track UK. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, please do head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice to leave us a rating and a review. And if you'd like to, we do strongly encourage you to join us on Patreon where we have got loads of original exclusive content over there. You'd like getting an episode on the weeks where we don't release one to all and sundry, like an exclusive series, further listening, going deeper, deep within your favourite artists. Mm, very deep. Uh, and release date exclusives, talking to the hottest new artists with the hottest new albums. All of that and much, much more on Patreon. Uh, look for the link in our bio. But until next time, I've been a bed sitter. And I've been a bed wetter. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes. It's one of those, isn't it? It is one of those, yep. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd have put a bit more effort in if I'd have known it was for everyone. <laughs> No, you wouldn't. You'd have made no, less of it. No, even less of it. I can see one over there. Yeah. Oh, it's gone a bit too far. Well, that one. Well, no, I'd still, I'd still eat that. It's when you know when the skin's quite thin when you peel it back. You can get a cream for that <laughs> over the counter at Boots. <laughs> well, you'd know. Because you know, he... I worked there. Yeah, worked. <laughs> Can we do that after everything we said? Probably not, no. actually, no.